here's something we really haven't seen from the 2022 Miami Hurricanes yet. And yeah, it makes me wonder, is this something Miami is just missing right now? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, post-game host on the Miami Hurricanes radio network and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And yes, I'm trying to keep a positive mindset, even after losing to Middle Tennessee. (laughs) All hell has broken loose among the fan base, but I'm here trying to keep a positive mindset Today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. So um, I've been thinking and reflecting over the last couple of days. Um, Now, this is something that honestly can probably only be truly fixed through recruiting because you can't just change someone's personality when they're already in their 20s or their late teens, right? I I believe that, you know, obviously college players can be taught certain skills and certain habits, but you can't just create a dog where a dog, D-A-W-G, you can't just create a dog where a dog doesn't exist. And I'm seriously wondering if this Miami Hurricanes locker room has enough vocal in your face, hold your team accountable type of leadership. And this is something I really wanted to go over this week. And so I've been gathering as much information as possible from past players and, you know, talking to players who have been in locker rooms over the years of just what this really means and and how important it is for locker rooms to police themselves. Right. Uh, Because like we talked yesterday about why I believe You need to be patient and have a certain amount of trust with this coaching staff to come up with solutions. But um, when these players, these players allowed themselves to get played off of their home field by a Conference USA team, you have to put at least some of that on the locker room and of the mindset of the players. And I'm not saying coaching hasn't been an issue or won't continue to be an issue in the future because obviously – When you allow yourselves as a ranked Miami team to lose to Middle Tennessee State, that's a failure on every level. It's a failure on coaching. It's a failure on preparation. It's a failure on schemes. It's a failure by all of your analysts who are supposed to prepare a game plan for that. But if anyone is trying not to blame players for anything, I, I think you're being foolish and I think you're being naive about it. I'll give you an example, okay? I spoke shortly after the game with Don Bailey Jr., who does the post-game locker room reports. And I asked him, because he had just gotten out of the locker room minutes before I spoke to him, and I asked him, like, what did you see in there? What was the attitude like? What was the demeanor like? And, yeah, he told me he saw some players in that Miami locker room, this is right after the Middle Tennessee loss, who were visibly pissed, right? You know, angry, probably throwing things, cursing, like really, really upset. But then Don told me something that I appreciated, and he played for the Hurricanes back in the late 70s into the early 80s. I uh, played under Howard Schnellenberger. 
And Don told me, like, he saw some players who were visibly pissed, and he's glad they were pissed. But then he told me he wishes it was every single player, that not every player was looking that way. Uh, and listen, over the years, we remember certain alphas who held their teammates accountable inside that Miami locker room. And when I talk to guys who played, you know, in the 80s and 90s, I, I've had the privilege of, you know, working with and developing personal relationships with people like Darren Smith and Randall Thrill Hill and Casey Jones, Brian Monroe, Malik Rozier. I'm developing a relationship now, but obviously he played very recently. But going back to guys who played in the glory days, like they would tell me, like when it came to getting up for games, respecting opponents, being responsible, being mentally prepared, they didn't look to coaching for that. Like they, they looked amongst themselves for that, but that had to come from within and it had to come from certain alphas in that locker room, right? I mean, over the years, you've had the Alonso Highsmiths, the Michael Irvins, the Ed Reeds. I mean, my goodness, Ray Lewis, like guys who would police that locker room and make sure everyone's attitude was in check. And if guys were making dumb mistakes during games, you had to look people like Ed Reed in the eye because he was going to hold you accountable for that. And so after this Middle Tennessee game, when I heard uh, Jalen Rivers, and I listen, I, I'm not calling him out. I appreciate his honesty because this clearly wasn't just a Jalen Rivers problem. This was a problem up and down the roster. When I heard Jalen Rivers admit that Miami – took Middle Tennessee too lightly, took them for granted because they were just supposed to automatically show up and win that game. It really opened my eyes to a problem. And sure, you can say coaches need to keep players motivated. That's a big part of their job. But some of that has to come from within that locker room as well. When Tyler Van Dyke's receivers drop passes, I want to see him get in someone's face. I think TVD had some of that, and he seems to have lost it because I remember TVD last season having a little bit more of that swag and having a little bit more of that attitude. He looks kind of listless so far this year. And then on the flip side, like when Tyler Van Dyke misses an open receiver by five yards, I want to see his receivers hold him accountable for that too. Uh, you know, I mentioned Malik Rozier, who I, I work with now on Hurricanes post games, and he was a guest on this show last Thursday. I asked Malik when he played, um, you know, in the uh, the 2010s, right? He was around from like 2016 through 2018 or 2015 through 2018. Like I asked him who were like the biggest vocal leaders in the Canes locker room at that time. And he gave me a couple names without hesitation. Jaquan Johnson was the big one on the defense and then DJ Dallas on the offense. Right. And honestly, I, I don't know if Miami has enough of that right now. And guys, this is, you know, I mentioned that I don't think it, Tiger can change his stripes. Like if Miami doesn't have enough vocal leaders, if they don't have enough dogs and they don't have enough alphas, I don't know if those are just going to develop here, but if someone is going to become that or take on those leadership roles, this is a pretty good time for that to happen. We're all hoping that this right now is rock bottom, right? I mean, how can you possibly get worse than the way you played against Middle Tennessee? Now, the schedule gets tougher, right? It's all ACC from here on out. And, you know, you can look at some of these ACC games on paper and say, oh, that one should be an easy win, 
right? I mean, you got Georgia Tech on the schedule. They're awful. But at the same time, if you play the way that you did against Middle Tennessee, there are no more guaranteed wins on this. So if you're going to have some dogs and some alphas emerge or at least take on more of that role, this would be the time to do it. Because it's not only coaches having to look in the mirror. Josh Gaddis having to look in the mirror. Can I become a little bit more creative and a little bit more aggressive with my calls? And Mario Cristobal. And listen, I, I've talked a lot of good things about Kevin Steele. First three games of the year. Kevin Steele didn't do a good job game four, right? Because when you're going up against an air raid offense, probably want to play zone. Probably want to drop more guys into coverage. Man-to-man, leaving guys on an island. Miami got scorched repeatedly. And yes, you can say for someone like DJ Ivy, why are you letting the receiver get behind you on every single play? But you also do need adjustments from coaching. So coaches have plenty of reasons to look at themselves in the mirror to find answers schematically. But when it comes to the attitude adjustments and holding each other accountable, a lot of that has to come from the locker room. Greg Rousseau former Miami Hurricanes defensive end. We remember Greg in that incredible year that he had. I guess it was uh, 2018 or 2019. He opted out in 2020, uh, the COVID year. But we remember the incredible season he had on that defensive line for Miami. Greg Russo was just in town with the Buffalo Bills playing the Miami Dolphins. And he was asked after the game about Mario Cristobal by the Associated Press. And I found this quote to be very interesting. So Greg Russo said, quote, Rome wasn't built in a day. I have all the belief in Mario Cristobal. Remember, he didn't play for Mario. He said, quote, he's the guy to turn the program around. But there's a culture that's embedded in the program from before. They're headed in the right direction, as crazy as it sounds, Rousseau said. So, listen, you can kind of expect an alumnus to say nice things about Mario Cristobal because it's just, you know, that's just the way a lot of these guys handle it. Let's talk up the current coach. So that's not a surprise. But hearing Greg Russo, who played for Mark Richt and Manny Diaz, to hear him say there is a culture that's embedded in the program from before, that tells you even guys who played for the previous coaches seem to understand we weren't necessarily doing things the right way. That ties into what we were talking about on Monday's episode about why you need to give coaching time. And honestly, um, I'm going to be real here because I don't want to make it sound like I'm giving coaches a pass for Middle Tennessee. I honestly did not expect Miami to lose any games like that under Mario Cristobal and this staff, right? Especially the way that they started rough against Southern Miss, but they took care of their business. They easily took care of their business against Bethune-Cookman. Um, Mario Cristobal, up to this point, just doesn't lose to non-Power 5 teams. While he was the permanent head coach at Oregon, I say permanent because he actually he did lose to Boise State in his one game as interim coach uh, when he took over for Taggart just for the bowl game. They did lose to Boise State, who's non-Power 5. But then once Mario was the permanent head coach at Oregon, he went 7-0 and against non-Power 5 teams. Always took care of business against non-Power 5. So just to be fair to coach, doesn't that tell you that he never lost to teams outside the Power 5 at his previous stop? That probably tells you that this might be at least partly an inherited problem that Miami has for this team to, at home, go out there and lose to Middle Tennessee State. So... 
a lot more I want to cover on this episode of Locked on Canes. Uh, you know, we have some awesome comments from you guys on Twitter about leadership. And I want to talk some recruiting. Okay, this is going to be a pivotal week for recruiting. Uh, depending on what time you're listening to this on Tuesday, this hopefully you're listening to this before Tyler Williams makes his announcement. Four-star wide receiver out of Lakeland that Miami's recruiting. And we believe Miami has a chance even after that loss to Middle Tennessee, we believe Miami has a chance. Georgia probably at least a slight favorite there. Uh, maybe you'll listen to this before Tyler Williams announces his commitment. But as far as the types of personalities Miami is recruiting, because obviously you want to go after players with great physical ability, but I think this staff is also trying to look for players that have certain mental and emotional characteristics. Because guys, when I talk about having a lack of, of vocal leadership in this locker room. Believe me, that is something they want to address for the next generation of Canes. Because if you're not getting enough of that right now from the players, and some of them are very good players, to be fair. I don't want to trash the current team because I love these Canes. I love them, right? But when you're talking about the personalities that you inherited from Manny Diaz and Mark Richt in recruiting – I know that for Mario Cristobal to really succeed and to turn Miami into the hopeful juggernaut that he wants to turn them into, I'm sure in his mind that can only really happen when he gets his type of athletes and his type of personalities through the door. So I want to talk about the uh, the current um, the current uh, verbally committed players for the class of 2023. So guys, we got a lot coming up here. Oh, and I want to talk about the the quarterback controversy as well because. A former Hurricanes quarterback had some very interesting thoughts about who's going to start in that North Carolina game. Folks, from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. I've been using Upside for two years, guys, and I keep using it because it's an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out because with every purchase – I am earning cash back thanks to Upside, okay? It's so easy to use. You just download the app, you sign up, you start earning cash back. Some people think it's too good to be true. It's not. Try it, and you'll find out what I'm talking about. To get started, you download the free Upside app, use my promo code LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. It's free money. Next, you claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. You check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit card or debit card, and then you get paid. Uh, I just got $1.50 in my account today after getting gas a couple of days ago. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users can earn more than, a, they do earn uh, collectively more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating in the App Store. So download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED. To get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And I guarantee you, there's, there's a lot of good content creators out there, guys. I'm not saying I'm the only one, but... I can guarantee you nobody is producing as much bi-week content as Locked on Canes. We keep you covered. Whether Miami has a game on the schedule or not, we keep you covered here on Locked on Canes. So now, when we talk about bringing alphas into the locker room to try to, to, try to bring 
you know, and obviously I'd love to have players like this, but to try to bring new personalities like the Ed Reeds and the Ray Lewis's and the Michael Irvins of old, you know, we, of course, we'd love to have players like that here again, but personalities like that, you know, character, I believe when you have someone like Mario Cristobal, who is just works tirelessly recruiting and Alonso Highsmith, who now has a huge part in that process as well. And Roland Smith has a lot, uh, a lot of input in that process because he knows the high school landscape down here so well. I believe character is just as important to physical ability. You want to find guys who check off both of those boxes, okay? Character, traits that you're looking for in your locker room, and, of course, the physical ability to go out there and make plays on the field. You need dogs, okay? Now, you can't expect every single player on the roster to be an alpha. and Like, you need balance of personalities, right? You want some guys. It's okay to have some of, like, the quiet uh, lead by example guys like you know Ken Dorsey was that way I guess he would talk a little trash Dorsey but he was more of like a action speak louder than words type of guy uh, and I think like you definitely have some players that are verbally committed right now for 2023 that check off both of those boxes and yes of course hopefully we can keep all of these players on board um, I've been very encouraged the last couple of days you know players like Robbie Washington and Antonio Tripp and Malik Bryant that are really doubling down on their commitment to Miami. I think Ray Ray Joseph has done as well that like they want to let everybody know we're still going to be Canes. Like you lose to Middle Tennessee State that we're not wavering in our commitment, like which is great because, of course, you know, you don't want 2023 recruits to panic and start jumping ships. So I, I love the fact that you've got some of the most important members of this 2023 class, like reaffirming their commitment to Miami. I, I think that's fantastic. Um, and as far as like alpha personalities, you start with, I mean, Mario Cristobal is recruiting the offensive line so well already. And hopefully Okun Lola will be the icing on the cake. But Antonio Tripp and Francis Maui Goa, these guys are certifiable alphas. I believe Ray Ray Joseph is as well. Like these are the types of players that will keep their teammates accountable. From what I can tell, Malik Bryant has some of that in his DNA, the four-star linebacker. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious uh, about Jaden Rashada. You know, I, obviously I don't get to watch him as much playing high school ball. He's out in California. Um, you know, he seems like kind of a soft-spoken guy off the field. I don't know how he is in the locker room. I know he's got a lot of confidence. He's, he, you know, he talks a lot on social media. So hopefully, hopefully he's an alpha as well. Um, so this is, this is something that the staff is trying to identify in recruiting. I know Mario Cristobal and Alonzo Highsmith, they are looking for some alphas. Um, there have been some four and five star players that Miami has not been as high on as other programs have been. And that's because they've identified certain personalities as not being a good fit. And on the flip side, maybe some of the less heralded players have been deemed to have personalities and potential that this staff really loves. I think Frankie Tinalau and Emery Williams are good examples of that, that they're, they're also not only trying to get the most talented players possible, but they're trying to get the right balance of personalities because folks tell me if I'm wrong, but I honestly, I feel like this is something that these hurricanes seem to be missing. Uh, and I hope it develops, right? Because again, backs against the wall. This team is in a tough way right now. They have to come out swinging and they have to come out firing after this bye week. Because if they lay an egg against North Carolina in the first conference game, 
going to be a really, really long season. We need a physical and an emotional response to that embarrassment against Texas A&M. We need a big-time response to that. Um, you know, I, I want to – a question that I've, I've been asked by for, – forgive me if I don't, like, credit a specific listener to this because – half dozen people have asked me this over the last couple of days. So if, if you were one of the people to ask this question, consider this your shout out. But uh, I've, I've been asked if Miami can now change their offensive scheme, like ditch this boring big 10 nonsense. Let's go back to a spread. Let's rock and roll. Um, it's not going to happen this season, guys. Like they're not going to change schemes this season. That's not how offensive coordinators work. The only way you're going to change this scheme is get a different offensive coordinator. I'm not advising that happen right now. I'm just telling you that Josh Gaddis is not going to wake up tomorrow morning and say, just kidding, let's run an air raid. Here we go, YOLO. Like, it's not going to happen, right? I mean, you know, I and by the way, I am rooting for Josh Gaddis. <laughs> Some of you guys are like ready to shoot this guy to the other side of the galaxy. I am rooting for Josh Gaddis. I've noticed a lot of personal attacks happening against Gaddis over the last several days. It's like the Michigan fans are coming out of the woodworks. This is, you know, all the nasty. Th I don't even want to repeat some of the nasty things people are saying about him. I mean, listen, from what I can tell, having interact with him seems like a fine man and he you know, he wants Miami's offense to be great. I'm sure he's still got ambitions to be a head coach somewhere. Um, I'm, I want Miami's offense to work. And, you know, I worry a little bit that Tyler Van Dyke may not be the right quarterback to run this offense. And it's unfortunate he's not taken to it better than he has so far. Jake Garcia might be better at running this particular offense. Um, we were getting great signs first few weeks in the running game, getting great signs. And then against Middle Tennessee, the offensive line just decided not to block, which was discouraging. But at least we were getting positive signs in the run game. But the passing game, very vanilla. Um, the pace of this offense is non-existent. I mean, they take the play clock way down on every single snap. Um, so I want to see certain things get spiced up. And I want to see more creativity and more aggression. But no. Uh, a guy who runs a Big Ten style offense is not going to wake up tomorrow and say, let's spread them out, guys. It's just the offensive scheme is not going to change, right? If, if it's ever going to change, it's going to have to change a year down the road. So we just have to hope that the man who won the Broyles Award last year can figure out something to get this offense running. We're going to talk about the quarterback dynamic. I think this is like, and you guys know, I'm Team Garcia. I think Jake Garcia has shown us enough flashes that he can run this offense more efficiently right now than Tyler Van Dyke can. But I'll give you on the other side a pretty compelling case as to why Miami's probably not going to switch starting quarterbacks for North Carolina. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts, and we are available free on YouTube. So uh, Malik Rozier, um, and, you know, he and I, we had a conversation about this on Saturday night after the game about, you know, what do you think Cristobal is going to do? Do you think he's going to turn to Jake Garcia after the bye week? Uh, I think we, we both feel that there's going to be some kind of a competition. 
It's probably already happening now, okay? There's going to be a competition between now and North Carolina in practice between Tyler Van Dyke and Jake Garcia. Um, and obviously, if Jake head and shoulders outplays him, you do what you have to do, right? This is this is not the feelings business. This is the winning business. These coaches are trying to win games. They're, they're not going to stick with Tyler Van Dyke just to spare anyone's feelings. But if things are pretty much even, or if you know Van Dyke is still ahead of Garcia in practice and they evaluate the film and they decide, you know, Tyler, if they decide Tyler still gives them the chance to win, but if things are pretty much even, would they stick with Tyler for a certain reason? So Malik Rozier put this out on uh, on Monday on Twitter. Miami quarterback thread. He says, why Tyler Van Dyke will be the starter versus UNC. I'm going to read this. You guys tell me if you agree or disagree. He says, one, losing your team leader. TVD is the leader of this team. He says, whether you like it or not. Naming Jake the starter is like breaking up with your current lady for a new girl. You can't just come back to the old girl, I guess would be Tyler, when things don't go right. He says, two, not rushing Jake, he says. I think this is the number one reason as of right now why they won't switch, he's saying. Young quarterbacks will definitely make mistakes, but I don't know if the coaching staff is ready to have those growing pains in a spot like quarterback when there are other issues to address. I believe Jake showed he's good enough to start at most Power five schools as a redshirt freshman. He looks poised, comfortable, and threw a lot of great catchable balls. Excited to see him become a starter in the future. Uh, four, offensive struggles. As we all know, it's a new staff. So like a new quarterback, there will be some growing pains, especially when uh, we complete completely change the philosophy and tempo of an offense, right? Uh, I think the coaches want to make sure that they are doing everything possible before the switch, uh, he also says, uh, simple defense. As much as you guys don't want to hear this, MTSU runs a very simple defense. Yes, they outplayed us, but they didn't show anything exotic or complex to confuse a young quarterback. They line up one high or quarters. And finally, if you do start, Jake, do not pull him, he says. Ride the whole season out with him. Let him struggle. Let him grow. Support him. And as a fan, if he does make mistakes, have a bad game, don't boo him. That ain't it, Malik says. So I think a lot of what Malik is saying is that um, I think he makes an interesting point about not rushing Garcia in too quickly and also pointing out that if you do make the switch right now from Tyler Van Dyke, you have to understand that you are basically divorcing Van Dyke. Are they ready to make that kind of a commitment to someone else? If you rip off the Van Dyke Band-Aid right now, understand that if you make that switch, the right thing to do is ride or die with Garcia for the rest of the season, which basically means you're riding or dying with Garcia for the next couple of years, okay? Uh, because if you do that, Tyler Van Dyke more than likely is going to hit the transfer portal and pretty soon... You're never going to see him again. Are you ready to take that step? Because the last thing you want to do, and I agree with this, the last thing you want to do is what Mark Richt did with Rozier and Nicosi in 2018. And, you know, what uh, Randy Shannon did with Robert Marv and Ja'Cory Harris and what Brian Flores did with Tua Tongo-Vailoa 
and Ryan Fitzpatrick, where you start to play the musical quarterbacks thing, where you're just going to decide, like, pick and choose, okay, this guy's starting today, and now we're benching this guy for the other guy, and that goes on all season. That really doesn't help anybody. Like, there's no rhythm, no fluidity, and you're you're damaging multiple quarterbacks if you do that. So if you make a commitment now to Garcia, you stick with it. Um, I understand what Malik is saying, and he's been through a situation like this, so he's speaking from experience, but at the same time, based on what I've seen so far, I do believe Jake Garcia is just better equipped right now to run this offense. And I think this coaching staff needs to make the decision that's going to put them in the best possible position to win against North Carolina. And if that means you're essentially divorcing Tyler Van Dyke to do it, to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs. Now, I'm not saying Tyler Van Dyke can't prove himself. I don't know what's going on with TVD because, like, I get it. There's going to be growing pains learning a new offense, but he's missing some routine throws in every game. Like, I don't know if there's something physically wrong with him that we don't know about or if there's something behind the scenes that we don't know about. Tyler Van Dyke does not look right now. Okay, so if he can figure that out and play with renewed commitment and passion and really re-earn his starting job for the North Carolina game, I will have to respect that. But if things continue the way that they've been the last couple of weeks with TVD's downward trajectory and Jake Garcia's upward trajectory and now getting more experience playing with this offense and looking better running this offense, based on what we've seen and what we've observed, I think it's the right thing to do to make the switch. It's up to Tyler to prove me wrong, okay? Stay tuned. <laughs> Had a lot of fun today, as I always do. And, yeah, we'll do it again tomorrow. If that's okay with you guys, we will do it again tomorrow. Hey, make sure you make Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. I'm on with Candace every Thursday. So check out Locked On ACC every day, but especially Thursdays because you get to watch me on there as well. We'll talk to you guys again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.